Welcome, friends, to God's Church on the Move, the podcast that takes you to the spiritual hotspots around the world, where God is transforming lives and building His kingdom. Before we jump into today's podcast on Israel, I want to tell you about something we're working on, something to look forward to. We're calling it Asked and Answered, and it's a question-and-answer-style podcast, all your questions about modern missions answered by Ron and Karis Pierce. Learn about Empower and the countries we work in, how missions have changed over the years, the link between transportation and spiritual growth, and so much more. In order to have your questions answered, send them to askus at ronpierce.org. And then be sure to listen back to see if your question has been asked and then answered. And also, don't forget about Ron's Adventures, our other podcast where you can hear the stories about the lighter side of international travel. But now, back to God's Church on the Move with Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome to the studio, guys. It's good to be back. Today we're tackling Israel. And Israel is, um, is, is a country like none other in the world. I keep telling people that simply because it's got a, a character, a flavor, a dynamic that is different than anything we work with in Asia or Africa or Middle East, uh, other countries in the Middle East. And that's why, Joy, it's, it's something to go over there to see both history as what's gone on there. It's, it's the Bible, basically, the land of the Bible. And it's different from going to that and then coming up to, okay, what happened in Jesus' day specifically, and that's really important to us Christians, and then how it's changed since the death of Jesus and resurrection and over the last 2,000 years. And then you sort of watch that transform uh, your thinking as far as dynamics of of, of politics and religions and Islam and all that sort of thing. And then you come to today. And that's why I want to make sure we do this, um, this podcast for friends to encourage them about something. And this is going to be a shorter podcast, folks. It's not going to be a long one, but it's going to be to stress one point. God is moving in Israel today like never before. And we are seeing a transformation of the, of the receptivity or of the country to the gospel like never before in 2,000 years. And that's why I want to try to give some rationale for our decision to go in there and help out in this period of time from an Empower Ministries point of view. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And even um, just that, that you're saying they're receptive to the scriptures, that is really, really exciting. Exciting in a way that um, I'm not sure we can really comprehend without hearing more, because I know as a Christian, I don't often think about Israel maybe like I'm supposed to. So to hear that they are excited about the scriptures, I think we all need to know more about that. Well, this is, uh, let me give a little background here, Troy, and it's this. I just was in there just a couple of weeks ago, and I went around visiting with many of the Messianic and Arab leaders and talking about um, what's going on in the land right now and the receptivity to the gospels we're talking about. And this one brother uh, I can't give out names right. for various reasons, but he is a leader in the country. And I asked him, I said, tell me this, how have we come from Israel being such a cold environment and a cold country to the gospel over the last 2,000 years since Jesus left? Because it's been that way. It's been hard as a rock. Right. How has it come to where now I'm hearing all these stories about thousands of people? Um, um 
coming to know Jesus as the Messiah. I hear about um, rabbis now investigating like never before the claims of the cross and Jesus and Isaiah chapter 53. And I hear other stories about young people throughout the land going on YouTube and listening to these videos, convincing them that Jesus was the Messiah. And I'm, I, I said, how did we come and where are we now? So the first thing he says, well, you got to understand where we are at. And he says, we're not at a point where it's a full-blown revival yet. In other words, where there's such a deep hunger for God. But he says, it's far from the coldness that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, when did it start? And he says, well, everybody has a different date as to when we turned a corner and this, this warming up started to happen. He says, somewhere between five to eight years ago, it began. But in the last couple or three years, it's really intensified. And I said, so what, in your words, would you call it right now? He says, we're no longer cold, and it's not a, a revival type of hunger for God as a nation as a whole. But there's a receptivity, there's an openness. Mm. There are questions coming about now that we only dreamed about before. People coming up to Messianic believers, looking into scriptures, and um, even when they're handed out on the streets portions of the Bible or the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, people don't throw them away. Mm. They crave this. They want to understand. So there are questions in their mind. And then he brought up this verse. He says, you know how it says in the Bible? And God's talking and he says, come, let us reason together. He says, that's what Israel is doing right now. It's beginning to ask the questions and God is starting to reason with them about how logical it is that Jesus was the Messiah, how it's proven, how they've missed it for so long. And that's where we are at today. And if anyone knows um, anything about Israel, it's is it not true that before they didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. It would just be a shut yeah. down. No, no, we're not interested. Yeah. In fact, um, for many, many years, uh, Christians were, were well, cast out of many mm -hmm. places. Um, um, the word Jesus became a swear word. Or even laughable, Israel. right? Like oh, it's just, oh, totally. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even a thought of it. Mm -hmm. and, and it was really only a few people that within the land of Israel that were becoming believers. Now... It's, it's hundreds and thousands who are starting to attend congregations, ask questions, follow the Lord, read the scriptures, grow in Christ, everything. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a whole movement now that has just started. And, and then the one other thing, I know you've got another question, but just one <laughs> other thing I want to emphasize here is this. And I said, well, why is it that more people aren't talking about this outside yeah. And I said, why isn't there more excitement there about the go. fact that— There you go. That was that, my question. Is that your question? Okay. <laughs> why is it that there's not more excitement outside? And he says, very simple, he says, Ron, he says, people are convinced that Israel is just looking at the historical sites. So they come in on their bus tours and events like that, and they'll come in and they'll look at history. And very few people ask, well, what is God doing today? And he says, I'm so glad that you are here referring to empowering myself, right. of trying to figure out a way of communicating to all the believers in North America, around the world, wherever they are, that this is different now. Now we've turned this corner, and now that's why I'm on here trying to explain the beginnings 
of this massive turning to God that someday will happen to the nation of Israel as a whole. And when you talk about how they're craving this, we've seen so many instances of where when somebody receives a portion of Scripture, a Bible, a New Testament, it's not that they just tuck it away and wait till later. They stop on the streets oh, yes. and they're reading it. They're yes. sitting down uh, on the curb just devouring it. Oh, yes. We've, we've had pictures sent to us, Joy, of what Karis has just been talking about, about how you've got soldiers Coming up, you've got, um, um, well, actually rabbis mm -hmm. and very conservative Jewish leaders uh, coming up. You've got workmen on the street sitting down, putting their brooms down just to be able to take and open God's word and read it. And they don't, in, in some places in the world, and we're going to talk about this openly now, in some places in the world, they do distribution of scripture on the streets. And I remember being and watching some of this where people would take it and then just walk away and uh, walk down the road and throw it away. Mm -hmm. And you could look all over and see scattered sections of um, the portions of the Bible or tracts or something like that littering the ground. That does not happen here now. And that is because people are coming up and they want to read. They're curious. And this curiosity the Holy Spirit is taking and, and coming into their hearts and their minds and opening their minds to the truth of the gospel. So my question um, is probably answered by that. I, I just want to know why. Why now? Why is this happening? Is it because the Holy Spirit is just opening a, a doorway? Well, we think, I think we think, that this is um, because the end is coming. And I always go back to that Romans 11, 24, 25 passion, passage of the Bible. And it says, there'll be a partial hardening of Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And you folks know from watching Empower Ministries operate in all these countries around the world. We talk about great revivals, turnings to God in all these countries among all these religions. Well, that's the Gentiles. And they're coming to the Lord in huge numbers now. All of a sudden, God knows, and this is when the partial hardness is being removed from the eyes of the Jewish people. And they're recognizing now, beginning to recognize mm -hmm that Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah. And so these two things are dovetailing together at this point in time in history. And that's what's exciting So it's us. more than exciting. It's absolutely awesome and incredible and historical. That's it. And uh, I just wrote a, a mail out to, to some of our friends, and in it, I, I was writing it from Israel. I was in Jerusalem. And uh, I was sitting there writing this all out after I had all these meetings. And, and literally, I had a hard time sitting still when I started to imagine in my mind, wow, I am actually alive to see this happen. I'm on earth to watch it in the exact spot where Jesus died, rose from the dead, and now, 2,000 years later, it's the beginning of him coming back. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And even to this day, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about how privileged I am, we are, the church in North America, around the world is to be alive at this point in history. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing in the fact that we get to hear about it and be in a part of it through that way. Um, you had mentioned at the beginning that you, uh, you met with Arab leaders as well. Yes. So can you explain a little bit more about yeah. that? There's not only, well, let me give some numbers, okay? okay. Um, they, they estimate right now, and this is an estimate, that there are about 30,000 Messianic Jewish, basically, believers within Israel that are attending a congregation. 
That's the size. So it's just big right now. Mm-hmm. That's in 300 congregations approximately. Now, some of those are Russian congregations and some Ethiopian and some speaking Hebrew. And, you know, there, there's a variety of, right. of, of, of various linguistic groups that are coming and nationalities are forming churches. And not only that, but as one brother told me there, he says, there's probably another 30,000 of people who don't attend a congregation or who have not sort of, what we say, come out of the closet right. to proclaim their faith because they're they're embedded within Jewish culture, conservative Jewish culture, and they can't come out. Mm-hmm. Or their children or their teenagers that their mom and dads won't let them go to church or to a congregation of believers. And therefore, they're believers, but nobody right. knows about it. And then you've got others, and, and some of these are rabbis. And these rabbis are the ones that are understanding now the gospel, but they can't get out of their situation. So that's the 30,000 that we're talking about, maybe 30,000 more. That's within the Jewish community. But then you've got the Arabs that live in the land as well. And these Arab congregations, a lot of them are in the northern part where we work with them uh, considerably, and we're helping them out there. And um, we won't discuss all the ways we help them out, but we're helping them um, to establish themselves and grow and all those sorts of things. But those congregations right now in the Arabs are seeing growth as well. And this one brother, uh, dear friend, uh, has a a congregation not too far from Nazareth. And uh, I said, so what's it like? And he says, well, it's, it's, it's fantastic. He says, we've, we've, we've got our church and it's filled with people. A lot of them, obviously, he says, are, are Muslim background believers that have come. But he says, then they've got these questioning people who are standing outside the windows looking in. <laughs> and he says, it's so hot there and the summer's here. And he says, we, put a, we originally put up a tent to give them some shade so they could sit outside because they're not allowed to come in. And if Wait, they, why aren't they allowed Well, to if the neighbors saw this, that they haven't declared. So these would be Muslim, oh, Muslim. Muslim okay. folks yeah. who are listening to the gospel through a window <sighs> under the sun. They can't so we, go in, but they can put yeah, their but heads you, in the but window. You can they're not listen. officially. It's not <laughs> officially <laughs> there. Okay. So they could pay a price, right. you know, in their okay. society. So um, he says we... we, we have these people, they're looking in the windows, they're, they're reading their Bibles and all this sort of stuff. But he said, there were so many of them, we had to put up a second tent. Mm-hmm. So now the outside is bigger than the inside. <laughs> and he wow. says, um, this, is, this is happening all over. Now, some situations are tougher and it's um, real tough sledding, we might say, in certain parts of Israel right now with congregations and the resistance is heavy. But in other parts, people are really starting to come and that's with the Arab-speaking, Arabic-speaking folks in the land. Is there a certain approach that um, people would take to talk to Jewish people about Jesus? Do they—are you allowed to approach them on the street and say, watch this video or here's a Bible? Yeah. They have ways of talking about the things that are important. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm learning a lot as we're going through with the various— individuals, young people are really open to any sort of approach. Right. And they like 
to find it on YouTube videos or online or articles or podcasts or anything like that, anything online. Technology is really helping spread the gospel oh, in Israel. It, it, it's <laughs> yeah. huge there, more than anything else. Not that they won't pick up a piece of paper like a book or a Bible or something like that to read it, you know, right. but they are really turned on and tuned in to the internet and mm-hmm. the, the digital world. For instance, did you know that... Um, more than any other country in the world, Israel is online, which means 60% more watching, tuning in, time on their phones, etc., than any other country in the world. Wait, more than North America? More than North America. Really? I did not any, know Whatever that. country it is in the world, really? in North America, they are on their phones and on the internet 60% more than any other nation. Which means they're constantly yeah. looking, watching, and somebody says, go to this website or go to this uh, a podcast or go to this whatever it is. They're tuning in. They're looking at YouTube, which is their number one thing. And there's one on there. And I, I know the fellow that, um, in fact, I just interviewed him, um, who put this on. And it was basically on Isaiah chapter 53. And um, it is going on to the streets and asking people, what do you think this Isaiah 53, which we know is the scripture in the Old Testament pointing to the upcoming Messiah, Jesus. Right. And therefore, they read it. And they said, one guy said, he says, well, that has to be Jesus. That has to be. There's no doubt about it. And uh, he said, the, the, the interviewer said, well, why didn't you see this before? He says, well, we weren't allowed to read this. It was sort of like forbidden to read that chapter and in the synagogues or the or some of the rabbis, not all rabbis, but some of the rabbis, a large number, were saying it's not a person, it's talking about Israel as a whole mm-hmm. or it's talking about regathering to the land or various interpretations, but taking it out of an actual person being the Messiah. And therefore, he says, I can see it now. Right. And that really impressed me. All of a sudden, his eyes were opened mm-hmm. and he could see it at that that sort of like I was blind before, but now I see, and that is happening all over with young people, older folks, people from various walks of life. But they are really into now understanding this one website that I'm talking about uh, with the fellow that I interviewed. It had been downloaded in Israel. Okay, now I know this is a small country. Downloaded two million times. In other words, they were on it. Another brother that I just met with, the pastor of a congregation of a larger one inside Jerusalem, and I said, so are you sure, because I wanted proof, are you sure that the videos that you are putting out are being watched? And he says, well, absolutely. And I said, well, how? He says, because we just got a bill from Google. (laughs) <laughs> and our, our, and I guess if you're on Google for more than eight seconds wa- or, or watching that video that you found in there, you get a bill from them. And he says, we just got a, a, a bill showing that three million hits had been made oh, for people over <laughs> eight seconds wow. tuning in. So it's just not going there and, and, and flipping out in a cup. It's not no, an accident. <laughs> it's not an accident. It's just people that have gone there for more than eight seconds mm-hmm. to listen to the videos. And they're churning out these videos all the time. So he says, we know because we got the bill. Wow. I actually saw one of these videos. It's very interesting to watch because they called passage, uh, Isaiah 51, the forbidden passage. And a lot of the, um, and it's in Hebrew, it's translated, but a lot of the people, as they walked through the passage, Mm -hmm. 
and the person interviewing them made sure they understood exactly what the passage meant. Mm-hmm. And then in some cases, because there's more than one video out there to watch, but the one I watched in some cases, the question was, does this remind you of anyone? Do you know anyone that fit that? And more than you would think said, absolutely not. I know nothing. Nope. Do you know? And then there was a few that the look on their faces when they when it dawned on them and they said, yes, I do. And it was yeah. Jesus. And yeah. it was it's absolutely incredible to see. If you realize that in Israel is about 9 million people now, and therefore, if you have a 3 million hit out of 9 million people, that means that some people are going back to watch it again, Mm -hmm. and they're showing it to friends, and they're opening up, which means this is an incredible opportunity to come in and give details like you were talking Mm -hmm. about, not just opening up a a question mark, think about this. No, we're going to provide the answers that you've always been looking for, you couldn't find. And once these people find it, they share it with their friends, or they go back and they study it. And that's why we've turned the corner. Well, a lot of them had never even heard of Isaiah the, right. the, the chapter, the yes. forbidden chapter. They'd never, I know. ever read it. It's removed. Now, yeah. moving along, I want to talk about another, shall we say, group, and that is in the military. And the young people have to serve up to three years in the military when they get out of high school, etc. So these young people go in, they're trained. Traditionally, um, they were not really liked too much. Mm. But nowadays, because of the quality of their walk with God and their and their lives, these messianic believers that are in there right now, and their way that they perform as soldiers, they are respected. And they're, they're more and more being um, recognized as quality people, mm. quality soldiers, quality people with morals and values and ethics and everything that line up with the word of God. They're able to now share the gospel with their, with their friends with the other soldiers, they're impressing their commanding officers. Everything is working together for good Mm -hmm. in this situation. So much so that some of the hardline um, anti-missionary Jewish um, folks in the land who are trying to stop the gospel from being spread and stop Messianic believers from talking about the gospel, all these sorts of folks, they went to one of these commanding officers and um, they said, have you got some dirt on your, your Messianic believers? Tell us some things that we could publicize or make a, um, a case that they should be dismissed from the army, that it's not good. They were looking for help to diminish the reputation of Messianic believers. Right. And, and he says, this, um, this commanding officer, he says, get out of my office. And he says, they are the best of wow. my soldiers. And he says, I wish I had hundreds more. In other words, they are being recognized now for their lifestyle in Jesus. And Yeshua is transforming them. And this is being watched and observed by all the other people. So the reputation of these young people is growing. Opportunities are multiplying. And now they're taking the word of God and they're sharing it with their friends. They're carrying Bibles with them now into training, into um, their camps where they're, you know, prepared on the front lines, et cetera. And they're going and they're reading and they're studying. And this is good. Yeah. When you've got young people doing this, this yeah. is excellent. They're not afraid, it doesn't seem like No, to. they're not afraid. Right. And they're also online. 
And uh, even though they, I don't think in all situations, they're allowed to have their phones and uh, devices mm-hmm. up on the front lines. When they come back, they're showing their friends all these videos as well mm-hmm. that match up with the Word of God. Wow, that's very exciting. Now, there's a couple of other things that I want to bring to people's um, attention. And one of these is is the fact that you've got something going on there right now in Israel which is a little bit different because you've got all the forces now coming from the north, Hezbollah with all its, I think it's 100,000 missiles they've got up in Lebanon. They are angry at Israel. Now you've got the um, uh, folks in the West Bank and in the Gaza Strip who are fighting and they're sending all these firebombs and balloons over uh, from the Gaza especially, and they're causing turmoil. You've got pressure from the other parts of the world. And these are various nations that really don't like Israel, and they want to exterminate, some of them, Israel from the face of the earth, like Iran. Mm. And you've got war on the borders in Syria, Hezbollah, and Lebanon, all these sort of things all coming against Israel, okay? Now, in a situation like that, you would think that the people would be panicking. And I drive around there all the time, and life goes on as usual. They've learned to live with sort of like the, the, the turmoil, the threat. The threat from of above, imminent war. Of they imminent war. They're yeah. living with it. Air raid sirens go off. Yeah, here we go again. We're off to the air raid shelters. Mm-hmm. And they do these things. And so I was, I was sitting here around um, with, with one brother there and we were talking. Um, and I, I said to him, I said, how do you live under this? And he says, well, he says the average um, believer – sits there and recognizes that now that they've given their lives to Yeshua, he's in charge, he will take care of him. And he says, even in the air raid shelters, when they go in there for their practices or when they're talking on the streets, people will say, how is it that you are living with such peace and joy and all these sorts of things? And then they get a chance to express their, their confidence in God and in Jesus to protect them and take care of them. And he says, the... This The fact that they're going through life, the average person who does not know the Lord, they go through life and they, uh, you know, they buy groceries and they go to work, et cetera, like, and they don't appear to be shaken on the inside. He says, we've just learned how to live with the shaking. Mm. And he says, right now, the average person in Israel is really concerned. And they're concerned about the fact that all these forces are technologically um, in, in weaponry that's getting more intense, more powerful, weapons of mass destruction. And he says, we do read the newspaper. We watch mm-hmm. the news items. We know what's going on around. And he says, those that don't know the Lord are fearful, but it just doesn't show on the outside. But inside, they're looking for the answers. And mm-hmm. I said, so this is the day that we've been waiting for. And the one brother, and this is probably where we'll end this little segment, and I said, uh, or he says, he says, these people who are walking around, they are looking for someone. They're not looking for a system. They're not looking for a political leader. They're looking for a spiritual leader to come and give them the answers, to give them peace in their heart and something like this. And I said, this is new then. And he says, oh, yes. Mm. He says, for years and years and years, this was never really the case. And they would find rabbis that they would call the Messiah. And they would look at this man and say, we will follow him or we'll follow that person, etc. 
but now they're looking for God to reveal himself. And he says, it's being led, and this is where it is, it's being led by two groups of people. I said, who are they? He says, the young and the old. And he says, you'd be amazed at the number of Russian Holocaust survivors or, or from the Soviet Union or from Germany, etc., that are still alive, that are bold in their faith. And he says, these are the ones that are out there telling their other, the Russians especially, the others, you come with me to church. You come with me to church. I have found the answer. I no longer fear. And he says, they are leading sort of the older ones. And he says, you would be amazed at the boldness within the young believers teenagers, and these teenagers, they're 13, 14, 15 years old, are are scared. They're scared kids. And when Jesus comes into their lives, he gives them peace beyond all understanding. And he says they're bold now, not ashamed of the gospel. And that's the verse that I want to leave with people today. And this is the the greatest in my mind. And it's it's it's, it's this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for is the power of God unto salvation for all that believe, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek or the Gentile, shall we say. And therefore, that verse of scripture talks about the fact that these people who are coming to know their God, who are discovering peace, will not be ashamed of giving a name out, and that name is Yeshua and Jesus. So no longer in Israel is the name Jesus a swear word as much as it used to be. Now it is a symbol of hope. With all the nations coming at them, they're now starting to look to Yeshua to be their answer. We're at the beginning. And don't, and folks, listen, we're not at the end yet. But what we are, we're sure not way back in the old days when it was hard. We are now turning the corner. And that's why at Empower, we want to supply them with scriptures mm -hmm. beyond anything they'd ever dreamt of before. Bibles and New Testaments and all the study materials for all their pastors and all their, their young up-and-coming pastors so they have knowledge of the word. We want to provide some of these young men and young women that are doing these videos with all the tools that they need to be able to take the message out there. We want to be able to support young Messianic pastors to go out and start new congregations. We want to work with the Arab congregations to both multiply and get scriptures in on their own own in Arabic so they can share it with their people. So, And we're doing that. And oh, we, doing we are that. doing all of those yeah. things. We cannot discuss, right, Karis? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we cannot discuss how we're doing it all, <laughs> but we are doing these things. There are forces at play that we can't discuss um, through a medium like this, but we are finding ways to provide Israel with what it needs. Is there anything else, Karis, that you're, you're thinking of? Uh, I just find it so interesting that when uh, there's an openness to the gospel and the Lord moves in all the countries we work in, uh, it's it crosses generations, it crosses economic status, it crosses language barriers, and we see it again here in Israel. So yes. it's amazing how when the Lord moves, he moves in such a mighty way. Exactly. This is what we should be excited about. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Joy, you asked at the very beginning, why aren't more people excited? They don't know mm -hmm. that this is happening now. If there's ever time to get excited about the fact that God is moving in the world, it is today. And it's not just for the Gentiles, but now it's for the Jews as well. Mm. Okay, uh, there's not much more to say to that except let's get excited. We have turned a corner. You've been listening to God's Church on the Move, and I'm Joy Kita. <laughs>